Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 60 of the Thrivecast. I am Greg Kite. And I am Jason Blummer, your co-host. And we're so excited that you're here. We're excited about this episode for lots of reasons. First off, Jason, what, what episode is this? This well, we we did some calculations and it's sixty. And 60. hang on, hang on. And here it's a big thing. Let me pull up my calendar. I mean, let me pull up my calculator. Can you hear it? <laughs> I can hear that. Sixty divided by we do twelve shows a year. Uh huh. That's right. Five. That's what. That's how many years we've been doing the Thrivecast. You and that, I. That's crazy. That means this podcast is almost smart enough to enter kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, it's going off the rails now. For for the rest of the time that we have the Thrivecast, it's like going to be a drunken brawl because we made it this far. Now we can just like do whatever we want. I was I'm kind of hoping that it's been a drunken brawl this far. So hopefully that's <laughs> that, that's what, that's the uh, the picture I want to place in the minds of of the listener. That's how I feel at the end of epi- every episode that we just uh, had a bar fight for. <laughs> and I, I mean a really fun bar, like fight an accounting for, bar fight, an accounting ba- a bar a bar fight where all of the people are accountants and instead of smashing uh, beer steins over people's heads, they were smashing <laughs> ten keys over their heads. I have like the ten key. key. Yeah. You have a ten yeah, key. Yeah, I have a ten key I, on my I, desk. I outed I outed Jason right before we started recording. I shouldn't have a ten key. <laughs> that he has a ten key. Don't tell people. I don't, yeah, it's it's out now. People know, man. You're a your your tech your tech street cred just went no, down the is, toilet. This is my because... Apple Watch. I was doing this on my Apple Watch. <laughs> You've got an app on your Apple Watch <laughs> that makes it sound like a ten yeah. key. That's oh, good. That that's would a, be awesome. Let's build that's that. That's a killer app. We need to make that like today. Okay, guys. Anyways, welcome. Uh, we, we welcome. We're today's episode. We're going to be talking about uh, about a realistic side of the stuff that we've been talking about. Uh, Jason, we we often will talk about how cool that you're you're not a cool accountant if you're not if you don't have a niche. Mm. We talk about how you're not a cool accountant if you're not trying to go after a lifestyle firm. But today we are going to talk more realistically because those things don't just happen. No, and I was going to say th- there are some downfalls to it. Right, but that's not and the I, right term. Right, I'd say pitfalls. I like pitfalls because, better. Yeah, because downfall because downfall make it makes it sound like oh hey guys we were telling you you needed to niche you, your firm you and that's actually a bad idea that that would be a downfall. Pitfall is just like common mistakes. You're something that could that could. Uh, and you can avoid pitfalls. You can avoid pitfalls, and uh, it's good to it's good if you haven't started going down these roads of getting of positioning your firm and having a really solid, well defined niche that you adhere to. Uh, and if you haven't started going down the path of trying to find a f- make your firm a firm whereby you can live the lifestyle that you want to live, there's some things that you need to know so that you don't uh, you know screw the proverbial pooch on that. <laughs> and we'll figure it out. <laughs> well, who's our sponsor that's been a sponsor our, for 60 for shows? A, about five years. Yeah, that's Avalara. Uh, Avalara, they are the, the they're really the uh, the nuclear warhead of tax. <laughs> Sales tax, uh, sales compl- tax yeah. compliance, <laughs> right? War, yeah, because you can't, the, you can't, you can't, co- you can't destroy sales tax any worse than with a nuclear warhead. That's right, and that's what, and not destroy it like makes it bad, but makes it go away. Right, you're done. That's right. They make it, they and, make it easy. You push it. It's like. 
Because <laughs> don't you launch a nuclear warhead by pushing a button and then it's just done? That's right. That's what they do with their trust file product. Actually, we've got when this show comes out, we will have released the Thrival Tech Review. Thrival Tech Reviews are new. They're actually we do some independent tech reviews on products. And nice. the trust file write-up is going to come out. We actually give it a grade, these these products, a grade. Uh-huh. Uh, and so we did one for Valera's trust file, and it came out. And, of course, they got a big grade. Because when you go into trust, I mean, we uh, do we we, uh, we look at things like the design of the product, things like that, uh-huh. uh, the support system. And Avalara kind of kills it on a lot of that. And one thing they have, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but they have an Avacash referral program that CPAs and book... Av- Avacash. A- Avacash, which uh, which is short for an avalanche of cash. <laughs> That's true. It's short for an avalanche of cash, and <laughs> CPAs and bookkeepers can refer clients uh, that they think would be a good candidate for the sales tax automation, uh, and they have a link. We'll put the link in the show notes. And every referral you submit, you get a $75 gift card uh, oh, just by nice. giving them a referral. So you can give a couple of referrals and make $150 for dinner gotcha. in a yeah, gift card every month. On. Come on, come on! Yeah, and now who would you refer? Would you? you you're not referring other uh, firms. You're referring clients, right? Um, you tra- client, like, is yeah, that for it's clients? Refer yeah. refer clients that you think. Would if you be, get so basically, you're saying if I get two clients to yeah. to to get Avalara's product, then I get yeah. each client I get seventy five bucks. So let me let me get out my uh, ten key. That's not a real tin key. That's not because we haven't made our app yet. No. And uh, it would have been because I was on my cell phone. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, 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 the reason you want to refer a client is because the trust file product, when you go into it, it kind of works by itself. There's It just it sucks mm-hmm. you know, the sales tax in probably from over 400 accounting products. Right. I don't know. It's craziness what it'll do. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. okay. So that's cool. Avacash. That's Avalara. You guys rock. Yeah. Um, Get on that. Avalara.com, yeah. get on that. They're awesome. Push the button for the nuclear warhead yeah. of sales tax Thank compliance because they get it. They get it done. I don't know if they really uh, – that was my term, the nuclear warhead, yeah. not theirs. So no, don't, I don't blame them for my poor word choice. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, so we're That's talking about their the, website. the pitfalls of niching in a lifestyle yeah. firm. Why aren't, yeah, and that, does that relate and to our thing. guest we're having? It, it does, yeah. We're going to have Tyler Wynn on. Uh, cool. He 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 has it. He has a niche. The guy runs a firm that is a payroll firm, and he does it from wherever the hell <laughs> he wants to do it from. Yes, uh, and he's he's had some pretty some pretty sweet adventures while he has maintained his his firm, and he's grown his firm from the ground floor up yeah. and made it something that supports him and his wife while they go do some pretty uh, some pretty cool yeah. things. Uh, like they got, so, they've been to Bra- what Brazil. Argentina, I think. Argentina. Uh, yeah. He's from Oklahoma. He'll tell us. But then he went to, he's in Seattle now goofing around yeah, or something. Right. Right. So, yeah. So, we'll, yeah, but we'll figure that out with him. when, And we'll try to figure out what his biggest uh, missteps have been as he's gotten where he's going. But but more more broadly, like, Jason, so you're, tell us about your niche. What's, your, what's the niche that you serve, if people don't already know? Well, so we're adding some niches. So we do serve cr- okay. creative design firms. Okay. In, in agencies. And what does that what does that mean? Creative design it's, firms. Is it's, that it is uh, design agencies. It's an agency where clients hire them basically to do a lot of things they may need, but it's typically branding, 
okay. content strategy of how to market effectively, build, okay. building the logos, building the websites, and then okay. some of them do so, the marketing activity that, that leverage the site to bring more okay. leads for the client. So okay. uh, our, the agencies we serve do all of that stuff. Okay. Gotcha. So like graphic design would be part yeah, of it, yeah. but it's, but it's bigger than that. It's like yeah. designing here's it's, it's more like there, 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 is it more like design, like a, like a designer would make you, you know, like if we're talking about like celebrities, their designer helps them portray a certain image to the public. Yeah. Stuff like and that. And they, they kind of take care of that, whatever. Yeah. You need. And the ones we okay. serve are a little bit larger. So they're actually doing more business related content strategy, which means Okay. People actually come to them and go, here's who we are. You need to help me know how to run my business sometimes in a uh, way that that reflects the brand and the service we offer okay. and then build, you know, the logos and the website around all that. So they kind of go right. pretty deep with their clients. Yeah. Which makes um, sense. You want to do that because begin with the end in mind, right? That's Don't right. just slap out a logo that says, here's, here's something. I mean, it, I, I actually, yeah, I've seen some pretty, uh, some pretty weird logos that's like, I get where you're going, but that makes no sense with your, your company. That's right. So that's what you, so what, what if some of the, so when did, I guess, when did you start to, uh, to really pursue that niche? Pro, um, probably we, cause you, cause you haven't always done that. Didn't you, you no, got no. your firm from your dad and you guys would just serve anybody. Yeah. We'd serve anybody. And you know, that is a business model that does work for people, um, yeah, sure. serving anybody. Um, it works more if you're a locality and you have an office, but if you, uh -huh. we went virtual, so we needed a niche to, to really focus on because we right. couldn't market to everybody since we're invisible, as I like to tell people. Okay. Um, so we chose a niche around 2008. We started getting some small designers, freelance okay. people. That did just how well and how did you get those? It just, was just yeah, natural, yeah, just natural. You know, just you just happen to have some of these guys, and you're like, those guys are cool to work yeah, with. Yeah, sometimes niches happen to people, and I think that might right. be an experience a lot of people I, would understand. I'm gonna say, you know, tell me if I'm wrong with this, but I'm gonna say that the the right way to niche because when you start your firm, you have to feed your family. And, and this was, this is one of, this was kind of a big light bulb thing. I think I got when we had the deeper weekend with Tim Williams, mm -hmm. where it was like, yeah, you don't just, you could, you could start a firm going, Hey, I think eventually I'd like to serve this niche. But at the beginning, you're just like, I got to make money. And there's no, you know, no shame in saying, I got to just, oh, yeah. anybody who's willing to pay me money, I got to take that because we got to, yeah. we got to keep the lights on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, but then, yeah. but then you find, you find certain customers you like. Yeah. And it, yeah, I, I think it's okay to, to generally serve a lot of people, especially as you start out and then to start generally thinking about a niche. Um, some, uh -huh. some start very soon and, and that's okay. I think I, the deal with niching is sometimes you can, you, you can't really niche too deeply in an industry or, or, or whatever, but you can niche too fast. I think the, oh. the speed, oh, okay. the speed with gotcha. which you do it is a concern. And I've, I, okay. I mean, I know that cause I've, I've done that. Like yeah. I've said at the beginning of the year, all right, nobody else, but design firms. And then, uh -huh. you know, if twenty percent of your firm were design firms, you're kind of uh, screwed, right? You you kind of right. it's kind of a gradual thing. You want to be yeah. careful because it'll affect your cash flow if you niche too fast, right? Because you have to say niching is saying no, right? To everybody well, except your niche. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate on you with that. Do you remember uh, our good friend Michael Sue? I do. 
And he, I remember, so right when I met him the first time I met you, I believe, mm -hmm. wasn't he at Napa? Was he in Napa? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know. But it seemed like we met right around the same time. And I remember him saying that I think he was there. And I think right after that, he fired half of his clients. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, he, but his story was, if you, actually, funny thing, we interviewed him probably in the first year that we were doing this That's podcast. That's true, yeah. And I think he told the story on that. So we'll put that, we'll put a link to that in the show notes, That's which good. episode we interviewed. But he fired half his clients and his revenue, he didn't increase his revenue, but he was able, all the clients that he kept, he was able to serve them more fully yeah. because he had the capacity to serve them more fully and his revenues didn't go up, but they, they stayed steady after he fired half of those clients. Was he a, in your opinion, do you think he just got lucky? Do you think yeah. he's... Uh, he's not, that's not what people should expect no. when they niche. No, don't do that. I've done that. Okay. It's not good. <laughs> what happened? What happened? When did you tell me the story? Hurt, what did you do? It hurt, it hurt cash flow. <laughs> well, uh, well, okay. You know, I, I basically, I, I actually had to do it. Um, I, why, I why did you have to do it? Ago, you, wait, you had to fire half of your clients. Well, here's what happened. Four, Cause they just pissed you off. They're like, I refuse. Oh my gosh. I am. You know what we're, you know what I'm about to say? I'm about to say a pitfall of a lifestyle firm. Was it, was it like, uh, honey, I realized today that half of our clients are involved in illegal cockfighting. And I feel like <laughs> I, that's not I feel bad. ethically. We got to drop these guys. Right. How, how could we let that slide? Right. 50%. I mean, it is South Carolina. Right, it is. We're near the woods. We're near the mountains. So. We're near the woods. We're near the woods. That's where it happens. That's where in the woods. Yeah, because we're cockfighting. Everybody knows that. <laughs> so no, I, so a pitfall of a lifestyle firm, and this relates to what you were saying, is we went virtual. Okay, we, right. Now, if you do that, that was an attempt to go lifestyle, right? We wanted to work in our underwear and our pajamas yeah. at home, right? Everybody right. with our dogs and kids and stuff like that, and yeah. so. But we went from an, a firm with an office yeah. to a virtual firm, and people—I've probably told this story many times. But we, there, there are a lot of people in a traditional firm that are just not going to work with you in a virtual firm. Right? They come; they have come by your firm every year and mm. dropped off their tax papers. Hmm. And when mm -hmm. you say it is now a requirement that you scan those person, right. old person without a computer. <laughs> And no email. Uh -huh. It is required that you scan those and upload those to a secure portal. There, uh -huh. there are just a lot of people that can't go with you, and so right, right, yeah. We had to the, sell not off can't, our firm. Not can't, won't, won't, won't. Well, some of the older people can't. Well, they no. Come on, uh, they no, can't. They can't. Listen, every CPA that has a traditional firm listening to me right now, you can list off. 10 old ladies that you've had for 20 years and they actually almost can't even get to the office without their children now driving them there. <laughs> Everybody has those clients. Those people cannot scan their documents. They don't even they, know where they are. Oh, I call Okay, here's the thing. I'm going to start my own niche firm that's just for little old ladies. Hey, don't do it. And we're going to every new don't client gets a scan snap scanner. <laughs> don't do it. And she and and I'll sit there with her in in her nursing home, and I'll say, "Here's what you do: you push this button, and voila, it's on there." And she'll be like, "This is so exciting! I feel no, so young." Here, and I'll be serving her. It, I'll be serving her soul. Well, here's Jason. Well, let me tell you what. Happened. I'll be making her young again. I'll be <laughs> I will be the accounting version of the film Cocoon. 
the accounting version of the film Cocoon. That was a pretty yep. good movie, by the way. Yeah, I know. Long time. I, know. I mean, I really liked it. It's a good feeling movie. <laughs> no, I had a, okay, we were trying to be lifestyle. I had an older guy go with us, and it it became so funny because we, actually, we gave him a scan snap, scanner. You did? We did. No kidding, and really. He, every time. Every time. When I say every time, Greg, I'm not exaggerating. Uh, Do you understand that? Uh, I, he, I think, I think you're saying the each and every. backwards and upside uh-huh. down. Okay. So every time we got them in the portal, they were uh-huh. blank because it was the back side of the page, oh, okay. and they were upside down. We got him to start scanning it the right side, and now okay. every one of them were upside down. All of yeah. them were uh-huh. upside down. So in the portal... You can't turn them, so I had to download them to the desktop, turn uh, them around, and upload them back up. Oh, that's a pain in the butt. Yeah, and we we fired him. Yeah, we. I mean, we did that, that for uh, I don't know six months. We right. said this is not going to work. You're too old. <laughs> I didn't say that, but he was a pitfall <laughs> to the lifestyle firm. Okay, right. And you know how right. you learn your pitfalls? You listen by stepping in them. You lift. You live through them. <laughs> You got to step live, yeah. in the stuff and wipe it off your shoe, right? And then or, you go, or, I'm not stepping in that again. Or you listen. That that's why we're doing this today is to talk about it because the other thing is get this stuff on your radar and think about it before you get going. Because we were thinking because you know another thing we we actually ditched this right before we started this. But you just told us a, a, a pitfall of the lifestyle firm. If part of your lifestyle firm includes you going virtual, you need to figure out who is not. Who who it's it's which of your customers it's not worth your time to it that your lifestyle does not include babysitting them right. to keep up with you and you and, and here's that, the thing you know who they are if you're listening you actually know who they are you can yeah. write down the names and what we did is we wrote them down mm-hmm. and we sold them to another small firm in town oh, oh and, that's smart and we didn't we didn't make you don't make much money but sure. it is. It is, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars of revenue for that firm. Well, so they'll that's not, they'll pay that's you. Nothing. Yeah. They'll, something. they'll pay you a little bit. So I like yeah. what you and I came up with. The lifestyle firm, when you think through it and trying to avoid pitfalls, are four mm-hmm. things we came up with. Working right. through the people. Yeah. Working through the technology, which is the, the online te- cloud stuff you have to have yeah. if you're gonna become right. lifestyle. Right. And and I didn't think about because you're talking about the technology for the client. I was more talking about the technology for you because if you're if you're saying hey I'm going to the the lifestyle I want is I want to be able to travel the world while I keep my firm going on you got to make sure that you've got the right not not just the right laptop but you got to make sure that you've got the right connections you got the right infrastructure behind you you've got the right cloud and that wherever you're going you don't have to do a, an America online dial up modem no. uh, so that'd be bad. Yeah. Well, you know, I was reading. I told you I was reading a blog post from uh, Live CA Josh uh-huh. Schweig. Yeah. Uh, who also did. one of our guests. Yeah, he was one great, of our guests. He's, great a, show. he's a Thrival member, and they're virtual uh, out of Canada. They're you know they're setting the in bar Tel in Canada. Well, sometimes he's in Tel Aviv and yeah. can't. He goes all over the world. Yeah. But they had an employee go to Santo Domingo at mm-hmm. the Dominican Republic, and he wrote a blog post about it. And you know what? It, they don't have as good a Wi-Fi down there. What? And there's not an Apple store. He actually needed both of those. Really? He needed better Wi-Fi, and he needed an Apple store. He needed the Santo Domingo Apple store. I don't have an Apple store in Provo. I got, I'm got. i an hour away from the closest Apple store. 
God, you live in the sticks. I know, in the woods. I'm right after this. Where the cockfighters go? I'm going to have a cockfight right after this. (laughs) So, so we listed you and I listed some pitfalls to avoid, which is people, the technology, Uh uh, computers, and Wi-Fi. Yeah, processes or another thing. That was a pit. That was a big pile of pitfall. We stepped in. Tell tell me about it. Tell me. And had to wipe our shoes off. Yeah. Okay, now is the I, dog poop now, do you think she working? <laughs> I was going. I was going. Do you think pitfall means dog poop? Because that's not. That's not actually. It's that's not a lot it. of fun to say it. Yeah, I like to say it. Right. Well, so what did you have to wipe off your shoe? This <laughs> <laughs> is so funny the way we say it. Sorry, I laughed. <laughs> so basically, here's what we did. We assumed our processes inside an office. Oh. I think I've told this story too. Were the same as they are virtual. So basically, when somebody comes by and picks up their tax return, uh-huh. they're doing a number of things that we had to break down into separate steps. They're paying. Right. Paying is a process. Yeah. They're going over their return. Gotcha. With us. We're explaining things. They're signing them thing, the, the forms uh-huh. in the office, and right. then we're e-filing it. Gotcha. So you're we, pushing Which Okay, you're pushing the button. You know when to push the button. That's right. All yeah. of that, we didn't think about it, but in an office, we're standing at the front counter, yeah. you know, handing out returns, giving this stuff. We're doing five things at one time right. that had to be five separate things in a virtual world. Right. And the way we had to wipe that off our shoe is that we e-filed returns once we went virtual. The client never knew. Oh. They're like, you e-filed the return? We're like, yeah. They're like, well, so what's the result? Do I do I owe money? Oh. We're like, oh, did didn't they right. tell you? No, nobody told me. We're like, uh, oh, we skipped some steps here. Yeah, right. We had to work them. We had to we had to insert them and go. Right. It has to flow to you. You have gotcha. to meet with them gotcha. online at a go to meeting. You have to set that meeting. Right. You have to make sure they pay, uh-huh. which is a second step. Maybe a different person in the firm does that. Right. Then then you have to e file it, which might be a whole other person, and they can't do it until the step before that was completed. Yeah. And those, yeah, so there's some processes. So really what we're talking about, that's cha- that's just change. Anytime you change from one thing yeah. that's, so, that's so ingrained that it's second nature. Because that, that sort of stuff, when somebody comes in person to pick up the return, you go over it, you have them sign it, you have them pay normal. for it, and you file it. All yeah. that stuff, Just those are just very intuitive steps that you go through, and they make sense. And it's easy to do when that person's standing right in front of you. But you that's made right. a change to a different format, and anytime you have a change, Change, there's gonna you're, you want to try right. to analyze that for does w- here's a process I don't gosh that's a pitfall and and I guess the best way to say it because someone's lifestyle firm might not be the same as your lifestyle firm Jason it no, might not no. it might not be that you go virtual it might be that you're still there but you know there's like there's, I, like, like my lifestyle doesn't involve travel because I have. Right. I have kids gotcha. in school, yeah. and I, I can't do all that, and th- and that's okay. That's not the lifestyle. You know, I guess I like your point. Actually, if you're making any changes from being a traditional firm, and traditional firm, I think is you you have an office and you serve anybody and everybody, right. which you can make you can make good money doing that. Right, you that's, can, and, and, and yeah, and, and we don't want to crap on that, but at the same time, no. I kind of want to crap on that because it's 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 a way to make money, and there's people who. I have who roll around in piles of money from using that model, but oh, yeah. I I would contend that it's not the best way to to well, run your life or run your firm. 
Well, maybe there are better ways, but what we're saying to people is if you think there's a better way and you want to niche or create a lifestyle firm, there are pitfalls, and it's not just all a dance in the daisies. Right, Right. exactly. Did you like my phrase? Dance in the daisies, I do, because it's... it seems like something Doc Holliday would have said in the blockbuster <laughs> film Tombstone. Did uh, some didn't people – you didn't – yeah, I know you didn't. <laughs> of course not. Uh, yeah. Again, going back to I think our first episode. Yeah. This has been a real, a real uh, you know, sentimental journey today for us. That's right. <laughs> on, cocoon, the, on the 60s. Cocoon. cocoon. We haven't even well, mentioned the Fight fact, Club yet. I think – I know. <laughs> Exactly. That was the thing. That was our running gag when we started. This is that Jason has never seen a movie in his life. So, um, well, what? Tell us about the pitfalls with people. Um, okay, the pitfalls so, were people. Yeah, huh? like go go for lifestyle. What's the pitfalls with people? Meaning okay. your staff, meaning the people, yeah, yeah. your employees. Yeah, meaning the right, meaning the people you work with. Well, I mean, again. This is related to our lifestyle firm, which was going virtual. That might not be everybody's lifestyle firm. But we made the assumption that if people are good to come to an office and work, they're also good to go home and do the same amount of work. Uh-huh. And it's not true. Wait, they what? are in, right? I guess, no, yeah. I, I get it's, it. But you're saying if you're, pe- okay, keep going. I want well, to hear. It, it could, they could do well. Like, so... If somebody has the context in their mind and they've always worked in an office and they go to an office Mm -hmm. and they're a great employee or whatever Uh and they do their work, they may not even know how much of a disruption to their life and a confusion to them it is to do the same amount of work at home with your dog and children. It's a different context. Home is more, it is home. Right. And it... We're learning to be very careful to say, do you have a dedicated workspace? Gotcha. You will work. This is not a go home and play and get a paycheck. Right. This is a freaking job. Yeah. So can okay. you go work somewhere? Do you have an office at home? These yeah. things will make you more successful. Mm-hmm. And have you done this before? So this is how we now interview people uh-huh. to make sure virtual, they understand it is a job because we've learned and we learned this from stepping in the, the people poop when we went virtual, <laughs> is that they make a lot of assumptions. Um, uh, and the role of a virtual employee, we find, has been glamorized. It sounds really cool and yeah. awesome and amazing. And it's like, I mean, you go to yoga, you do some laundry, you uh, check email for 30 minutes, uh, then you walk the dog for three or four hours. And that is not what it is. Right. You work you work as much as you do in an office. Yeah. And it's just it but it but now what you have, the lifestyle is that you have full control over when you do it, right, where you do it, and how you do it. Yeah. You still do the same amount of work. So that's Right. We're we're trying to be clear about those right. things, which, but that's a huge pitfall. Right, which again, there's huge benefits there because again, you talk. You, I mean, my kids are getting are getting older to where this isn't as big of a deal. But I remember, you know, when they were little and they'd have these early bedtimes, I'd get home and I'd be able to be with my kids for like an hour, an hour and a half, yeah. and then it's we put them to bed and then they're done, and then and it's like, gosh, I would have loved to be with them during the day and yeah. then gotten my work done after they go to bed. Yeah. That would have been that would have been better system for me, and that's still a lifestyle that you can offer to your to your you, employees. Yeah, you can you can you can choose that, and a lot okay. of our team our team does that. We're sometimes we're in meetings, and they're headed to the dentist, right. or they're in car pickup line at the school, or mm-hmm. I mean that's just 
I mean, because we're there too. You know, right. that's the stuff we're all doing, and that's what the freedom of the lifestyle. But the pitfalls are—I don't know. There's probably a lot of the pitfalls. You know what? You know what? A lot of the problems with those are is probably the assumptions people are making, the wrong assumptions. You, tell me more about that. Well, if if you go into any kind of change, and you pointed this out that we're talking about really changes, yeah, any kind of change to niche from yeah. being traditional or being lifestyle from being traditional. You got to if think you make about a big everything. change. You got to think about everything, yeah. but you know what? You automatically make assumptions. You don't even know to think about yeah, it, right? So you just go into it, going, "This is going to be freaking awesome," right? And it might be, the, hmm, but there's there you go. everything's going to be different, right? Nothing's right. going to be maybe, the way it was before. And maybe that's the biggest. Maybe that's the biggest pitfall. Maybe we maybe we identified it right there. Is that the pitfall? Is assuming that the transition's gonna be smooth. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's the biggest yeah. for any of this stuff. Is it's like hey, bu- buckle up when you do it and keep keep vigilant and diligent while you do it because you're gonna you're gonna overlook some stuff that in hindsight mm. you'll go, how did I not think that I don't have a process for collecting money from my right. <laughs> from no, my clients? Listen. I'm serious. You will you yeah. will totally not even think about that yeah. when people walk in and write you paper checks. Right, right. So it, it totally changed. That's some stuff we need to ask Tyler about. That'd be yeah, good stuff. Like, totally. what did you assume mm-hmm. about these changes that you wish you wouldn't have made the assumptions around? Mm-hmm. Maybe around people, technology, and processes, and all that. Yeah. So with niching, don't niche too quick. Is that? It, is it, that the pitfall we want to say for that one? Well, I mean, if you have the opportunity, that's fine. I guess right. if you, you niche too quick, it can affect your cash. Maybe if you've saved a lot of cash uh-huh. or your your spouse works, uh-huh. then you can niche real quick right. and all your clients might go away, but you're going to be starting over. And mm-hmm. you just got to have some money to right. do that. So be careful with yeah. niching too quick. Gotcha. Very good. And then... Yeah, and we'll we'll keep hammering all this stuff when we get Tyler on the phone. So, and I think it's time to do that. Let's go wrangle Tyler Win. All right. Okay, we're here with Tyler Win. He's the master of running a CPA firm with as a lifestyle firm, right, Greg? That's that's exactly right. So, so Tyler, tell us like your, the way your lifestyle firm works is you wanted a firm that would allow you to travel, right? Yeah, that was that was definitely a a big part of it was just having that uh, location freedom, I guess you could call it. Okay, nice. So where where are you right now? So my wife and I are in uh, in Seattle. We've been here for uh, six or seven months, and we've got a couple more months here before we head back to Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I'm originally from. Well, and- now okay, and I do want to call BS on you being originally from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Cause you don't sound like you're, I, I was I, like, literally I was in Oklahoma a week ago and out, it, people in Oklahoma, these are two words that I picked up on. They don't, they, they say 10, nine and nine. They say that. And they also say, they also say the word opportunity. And, and I, I'm not, I'm not hearing any of those coming out of you. None of my friends talk like that, but you know, maybe maybe I grew up in a different part of town than the CPs you were hanging out with. Well, Greg was in the woods at a cockfight, I think, probably. <laughs> right. So right. It was a C, it was the it was the Oklahoma Society of CPAs 
annual member meeting and cockfight. And uh, it went it went well. So Tyler, okay, Tyler, we need to we need to back up. We're like Tyler's a good buddy, so we're like jumping in, and the listeners need to know. All right, tell us you, your firm and what your firm does, and the name and all that. Yeah, so I I run a, a company called Sears Payroll. Um, I've been doing it for about five years now. I am a CPA, but I chose early on to, um, we talk about niching a lot in Thrival, but I was, I was going to build out more of a traditional accounting firm and do the accounting tax consulting, the whole, the whole works, but kind of found out early on, um, that my clients were struggling to find a good payroll service and I wasn't doing payroll originally for my accounting clients. So I decided I added on that service. I mean, also I was a young firm owner and I needed whatever revenue source I could get. So I was like, yeah, I'll do your payroll. Uh-huh. So, um, I took that on and just found out that I, I was good at it and my clients were loving it more than any of the other services they were working with. So being in Thrival really encouraged me that I don't have to build a firm that looks a certain way. And if I'm good at something and I can build a business model around that, I should just go for it. So at that point I let it, this is about a year into to firm ownership. I, I actually let all my bookkeeping clients go and started from scratch, which was really scary because I'd already run through all my savings in that first year Uh, trying uh to get the business off the ground. So I waited tables for a year Mm -hmm. while I built up the the payroll business. And um, yeah, after about a year of doing side jobs and stuff, I I had enough clients to pay the bills. So that's what I've been doing for the past few years. And it's it's going awesome at this point. Okay. That's an awesome story. That is really cool. I love the waiting table story because that's also how uh, comedians who don't, <laughs> who don't, who are trying to, <laughs> to to become full time comedians do. Would you slip? Would you slip your business card into the little the little <laughs> folder with the check when you handed it to your to your uh, to your two top at the end of the night? <laughs> I, I I never had to stoop that low, Greg. <laughs> It crossed my mind. Greg did it. Nice. <laughs> Greg would do it. Nice. Well, so I, um, I, just, just full disclosure, I waited tables. I was I waited tables for six months. That was probably the uh, one of my favorite jobs I ever had in my life. So loved waiting tables. I yeah. actually I actually enjoyed being on that side of it, and um, I worked at the cheesecake factory, so I got a lot of cheesecake too, which oh, nice. may or may nice. not have been a good thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's nice. Dang, you had to wear white pants though. That sucks. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you got to make sure you wear your whitey tighties when you have your white pants on. Yeah, got yeah, your tight you don't pants on. Right. You can't be wearing that. That, that you, red underwear will show through. Yeah, the hearts, the hearts on your boxer shorts just come right through like you're wearing nothing. <laughs> okay. So, so um, Tyler, tell us. Okay, you are. Okay, so you just mentioned you created a niche firm, which is around payroll services, and not a lot of people niche around a service. It's more around an industry, and so we'll talk about that. But I want to ask the lifestyle question. You're also running a lifestyle firm, which is basically we define as the firm meets your lifestyle. So you want to go do things, and the firm supports that. So tell us how you ended up in Seattle. I know you and your wife are there, and how did y'all decide to travel? Um, we've been married for a little over a year. So we, we just decided like, Hey, we're newlyweds. We're not, not tied down with, with kids yet. Um, I've got a firm that we can take anywhere and she wasn't tied down to a desk job. So we both like to travel. So we basically just made a list of three to five cities around the United States that we were like, 
that we would love to go just check out and explore. And um, we, we wanted to be able to do some snowboarding over the winter. We wanted to do some hiking and stuff like that. And Seattle pretty quickly rose to the top. Um, her sister also lives out here, so we had some family we could be around. Um, so that that was kind of the decision process. But but ultimately, it was like you know we can do this, so we should because I you know from the beginning I, I kind of built the firm to be paperless, to be completely online, um, with the intention that I, I'd want to be able to do stuff like this. So it, it's pretty cool to see you know years later after I had the initial vision for what the company could be. Um, to actually, and sometimes I take it for granted. Like it, it's a good reminder, honestly, just, just talking about it. I mean, it's cool. I mean, I feel like I'm living out a dream that I had years ago and I'm doing it with my wife. So it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. I feel very blessed. Wasn't it, wasn't it scary? I mean, when you thought about doing this, like even so on the niche side, you had to get rid of your bookkeeping clients and then you had to run this virtual firm and start traveling. I mean, were you, were you fearful in any way that this is kind of stupid? I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> Um, I think I was too naive to be afraid. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, I saw I saw the tools that were available to make it happen, and I just felt like I'm good enough with technology that I can I can make it work. Now it it's been it's been scary. I mean, I, I think I've may have gotten myself into some situations that <laughs> maybe were a little I don't know. In retrospect, maybe I was being a little young and brash, but. Like, well, wait, 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 now, like what? Do something. You, you got to tell us those like, stories. Like going, we want to know that. Yeah. Like I went, oh yeah. So I went to Argentina two years ago. Um, okay. So I went to, I went to South America and I ran my business from down there. I did have an employee stateside. So if anything really happened, you know, she, she'd be there to, to hold down the fort. But I mean, I went down there just, I, I did the research. I hadn't been to Buenos Aires before, but I did the research and I'm like, okay, they've got a lot of Wi-Fi. That's like number one. Got to <laughs> okay, have that. Good. Yeah. Um, but, you know, going down there, I, I didn't know a, a soul. I, I didn't know anybody down there. And I'm, and I just, I did, I, I said, okay, this is, these are the apps that I need so I can make phone calls over Wi-Fi. Here's, you know, I'm going to take a small printer down there so I can have that with me. I'm going to like basically just put together a suite of here are the apps and tools I need to make this work. Uh-huh. And then I went and I was down there for a couple months. So, I mean, if, if something, I don't know, it all worked out great. So I didn't have <laughs> okay. any problems, but it's just, I mean, it's crazy just thinking like, okay, I'm going to take this business to a different continent and I'm just assuming that everything's going to go great. And it just but, happened to. So, okay. So you got lucky. I don't know if I got, well, I mean, I, I think things work to plan, but sometimes okay. things don't work to plan. Like gotcha. one, one day in Argentina, my, my iPhone bricked out on me. Mm. Like mm. it just would not turn back on. I ran, uh. I ran an update on it that, so my brother uh, got like an early release of the, the newest software. So he sent it to me and I installed it and Oops. my phone just stopped working. Whoops. And that was like my only way of, you know, making phone calls at that point. So I, I, I hope got you named scared. I hope you named your while. brother in a lawsuit and sued him <laughs> for, for lost wages and income. Yeah. You know, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, so here, that didn't happen. I was actually like frantically emailing him of what to do. <laughs> what oh, to gotcha. Do so here's, here's an interesting thing. You talked about having an employee stateside. Um, and one of the things that we did talk about in terms of, when just Jason and I were talking at the top of the podcast, 
was the that having employees when you're trying to execute a, a lifestyle firm strategy that that can be uh, that there there's there's dangers in that that you got to make sure that you've got the right person who's this employee yeah. how did you how did you know that person how did you trust that person and how did it work out did, did, did is she still alive or is she buried in a shallow grave somewhere in the outskirts of Tulsa <laughs> no she's 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 very healthy she's doing just fine um, I, I, I knew her, I had been working with her for a few months before I went on this trip and she was a connection that I met through a family who had all, who had worked with her for years. So that was a level of trust that had already been developed and just working with her, we, we developed trust, but she's, she's very, she's very driven, very self-motivated and someone that you just know is going to be on top of stuff. And that's, that's the only kind of employee that works in a situation like that. It can't be someone that you got to watch like a hawk. Ooh. It's somebody that's got to, got to have that, that drive. Okay. Internally. So, so that's, that's so. possibly, if we're talking about the pitfalls, pit, pitfalls, <laughs> the pitfalls, that's how they say it in Tulsa. <laughs> now you're talking like an some, Oklahoma. Yes, pitfalls. <laughs> so if we're talking about the pitfalls of running a lifestyle firm and team members are involved, you're saying a pitfall could be you could hire somebody that's good in an office but is not self-motivated, mm-hmm. and that would be a disaster possibly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. You have to have the right people. Did, did, um, you, did you ever have the wrong yeah. person? Not yet. <laughs> I've, hey. only, I've, I've only had two employees, and they've both been wonderful. Good. So that's, that's fantastic. eventually it's going to happen. You know, so, the odds are against me at this point. So Jason, we decided <laughs> to have not. a podcast about the pitfalls of, <laughs> of all this stuff with the one guy who's batting a thousand in life. Oh, way to he, go. Yeah. <laughs> way, to, way to not make mistakes and come on our podcast about making mistakes. Tyler, let's talk about your, your phones and answering them on a Friday morning for a little bit. We, we could, if we could talk about the fact that it took like 15 phone calls to get us on the line for this yeah, podcast. That's true. So. Right. Yeah, we right. we left some dirty messages on Tyler's voicemails <laughs> multiple yeah. times. So. Which will be saved for future blackmail. <laughs> okay. Or, or maybe Actually, highlighted at this, at this, at this point, point this there's podcast. nothing that could blackmail you guys. That, that's right. true. Yeah, we yeah we just share it on the we share it all on the podcast. Nobody can blackmail us. We, yeah, we always right. we say way too okay. much. Okay, so I, I need to back up with you, though, Tyler. Um, I want to know what it was like. Why did you want to go to Argentina? What was the point of that? <laughs> now you're getting too personal. Um, <laughs> I wanted to go because I've so I, I took a lot of Spanish classes in college, um, mm-hmm. even after college, I took some Spanish and I wanted to pra- to be able to be in an environment where I could practice that more. That w- that was a big motivation. El, el um, quiere uh, practicar then, la, practicar el español que aprendido en la universidad. I just, I'm just trying, we have to impressive. translate, we have to translate this for our Spanish listeners too. So um, oh yeah, I wanted to learn Spanish. I wanted to practice Spanish that I had learned in university, something like that. Did it help? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it it that that was something that didn't work out quite like I expected because I I went down there with a full time job. 
I basically worked in my apartment during the day, uh. thinking and typing, typing in English, and then I had my evenings free to get out and about. So it wasn't the immersion experience that I had, uh. you know, had hoped for. Huh. But it was still that's, cool. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Cool. So, so yeah. So you just that's see, and that that's exactly like the lifestyle stuff that most people don't even like. That's a level of lifestyle firm that I think a lot of people don't even realize is accessible to them where it's like, no, I just decided to take my firm to another country so that I could get better at this, all the Spanish that I took in college. Uh, the freedom, the freedom <laughs> that's there is pretty unbelievable besides, uh, Argentina and Seattle. Have you, where else have you taken, where else have you just taken your firm because you can take it anywhere? Those are the only, I'd say, longer-term trips I've taken. Yeah. Um, my wife and I did go to Uganda on a, like a, almost like a short-term mission trip last okay. fall, um, uh-huh. and I was able to take my work over there. Now, that was a totally different experience because we're talking major time zone difference. Oh, yeah. So uh, I was up late into the night sometimes working on stuff. I, I didn't enjoy that. I mean, I love being in Uganda, but working in, on the other side of the world, not a huh. huge fan of that. Okay. Right. So that's a pitfall. I mean, that's yeah. something that needs to be considered is that, a t- you know, very vast differences in time zone are going to be a problem. If you're like a frontline person mm-hmm. and you're really working directly with clients, you, you kind of can't do that to your client, right? Would you say? Exactly. Oh, totally. And and payroll is even, even you know, more so like yeah. that because it's it's very deadline driven. So. Oh, yeah. You've got to be, you got to be, you got to be on call. Now, I've, I've, I've never taken these trips without having, I've never gone out of the country without having an employee in the States. Oh, so, um, that's cool. so, so that, that's been like, that's given me a level of, of comfort. So, and, and I don't want people to think I'm just willy nilly. Like I'm very careful about data. My, I'm very careful about security. I'm very careful about safety, making sure everything's getting done. So sometimes I have this fear of like, if people find out these things I'm doing Mm. that they're going to be like, I can't trust you with my work because how do I know if you're working on secure Wi-Fi, or how do I know that you're safe and something's not going to happen to you while you're traveling? Those are, those are fears I think maybe internally that I, I have a little bit. I think a lot of that is, is sort of made up in my own mind because I think people, I think we're moving into an era where people just understand that that's, that's okay. Like most of the people, most of the vendors that we work with, you never see them in person. Mm-hmm. You don't know where they are. I mean, you may talk to them on the phone, but you don't, you don't really know where they are. So I, I think, I think people are, have a, are probably more comfortable with it than I've let myself be a little bit fearful about. Gotcha. I think a, a, probably a lot of people listening that are in more traditional firms, I bet they do have a lot of clients that w- that would freak them out. Like I remember when our firm went virtual, I mean, we knew there were a list of clients that just would not go virtual with us. I mean, there's just no way. You know, the little old mm-hmm. ladies can't be scanning their documents up into yeah. a secure portal. Um, so I yeah. think there are probably still a lot of people. You're probably automatically just by the kind of firm you built – you're working with people who are a little more, you know, future thinking or their technology is a part of their life. I mean, would you say your clients are uh, younger or tech savvy or is, or is that not necessarily true? And does Maybe it matter? a little bit. I, I, I don't know if in the business I'm in, it 
quite matters as much because most payroll companies, you're, you're not you're not seeing your payroll person. You're yeah. typically going to be on the phone and email. So I think now being paperless and not mailing out checks and stuff like that, sometimes that that turns off um, people in an older generation, maybe because th- there's an expectation that maybe they want to get paper reports and yeah. stuff like that. So. Due, due, due to the style of how we work, I think it may turn off certain people that wouldn't wouldn't uh, wouldn't like hearing that I was off in another city, mm. much less another country. Yeah. But but you know what? Even so, like I just I don't see my clients very much, and and that sort of starts at the beginning during a a sales conversation with a prospect. It's usually done on the phone, and it's it's a conversation. And if if they want to if they want to sign up, then I, I send them. I, I email them an agreement that they e-sign, and then we start doing everything online. We start setting up everything online, and and if we need to jump on a phone call, we can. But my clients don't really see me in person very much anyway, so I don't think there's an expectation of where I'm going to be. Hopefully, that makes sense. Yeah. Would it? Do you think so, it would be harder to do a lifestyle firm these kind of moves you've done if you're offering a service that is more client facing that that they like would could somebody do what you're doing and build a full audit firm where sometimes you go on site to do audits? I mean, would that be harder or what's the difference maybe in what you're doing? I could see that. I could see that being harder. And I know there's somebody in in Thrival that that's trying to build up more of a virtual audit firm. I think it's possible, but you just, you have to be a lot choosier in in your clients. Um, There's just a lot more touch points and a lot, I don't know, like with an audit, you could be talking about a lot of paper that needs to be uploaded to some yeah. kind of portal. Yeah. And people may just not want to do that. You know, they may just be like, I'm not doing all this work. Like somebody needs to just come into my office and get this taken care of. So I think the service offering really, I don't think it's impossible. So I think with any kind of firm and whatever services you're doing, I think it's always possible, but it's definitely more difficult with, with different kinds of services. Yeah. So when you went virtual, well, you've always been virtual, right? Have Have you always been a virtual firm? I uh, yeah, and you know what? I I have to credit you for that, Jason, because when I started my so I started my company in in 2011, and that was the same same time that I actually found your first coaching course. Oh, cool! And we talked so much about like technology and and being able to work remote and stuff like that. So that is what inspired me. Because I was on a, I was on a different track. I, wow. I think I was going with payroll. I was going to buy a Micker yep. printer, check yep. printer, yep. and have that in my apartment. And I was going to be printing and mailing checks because I was like, that's what I have to do if I'm going to have a payroll company. Wow. Um, but I just kind of quickly realized like it doesn't have to be that way. And there's going to be a few clients that that aren't going to want to work with me because of that. But that's okay. There's enough of a market out there that's okay with with, with it being paperless. So, yeah, I'd say from the get go, it's been it's been it's been virtual. Okay, so so here's one of the things that came up when we were kind of prepping to talk with you, and this is my own bias, and I think you've been you've been breaking it down, uh, and and uh, I don't mean any disrespect, but I understand <laughs> that some will come through as I say this, but in my mind, uh, <laughs> a a. Uh, a service, if, if your niche is around a service, that that's a second-class niche. I'm just going to say it. You, it's a second-class niche. 
first class niches and industry type thing. But it sounds like <laughs> you you have, but your niche goes deeper than that because you're not you're still not just taking on anybody who's willing to write you a check to do their payroll. There's still other things that are involved in working with your particular payroll company because you've got to be okay with doing everything virtually. Is there any other thing that you do to really narrow the focus of not just because obviously your service is very, very focused, but, but what about in terms of just the focus of the types of clients that you'll have, they have to be willing to go virtual, but what else do you do to kind of weed it down and get it narrower? Or, or maybe there's not, I've given that. No, I've given that a lot of thought because, um, because niching I think is so important. Um, but I just haven't been able to, to narrow down to an industry and it just doesn't really make sense for, uh, for, for what I'm offering. I mean, payroll across industries, there's, there's some nuances. I mean, if you get into like construction payrolls or government payrolls or church payrolls have some nuances with minister okay. salaries, there, there are some nuances in some industries, but for the most part, it's pretty consistent across the board. So okay. it hasn't made sense for me, for me to really narrow down to an industry. Um, and honestly, you know, I'll just throw it out there. Payroll is viewed as, as a commodity by mm. most, yeah. okay. by most people. Um, now accounting and taxes is also viewed as a commodity yeah. by a lot of people, although I think incorrectly. Um, but payroll also, I think is, is incorrectly viewed as a commodity because I really think it matters who you work with. Um, I've tried to, I've tried to differentiate us by the fact that I'm a CPA. The people that I hire are professionals certified. Um, we're not data entry clerks. We don't have call centers. If you need to talk to us, you, you have our cell phone number. Um, and also I think one thing I've tried to, one thing I'm really trying to sort of a direction I'm, I'm trying to go is just just letting other accountants know about what we do and who we are because I think there's a lot of a lot of CPAs out there that that are working with one of the big name providers and you know they don't they, there's not a collaboration as a team member like mm. with me if I if I'm working with a CPA another CPA we can talk on the same level about our mutual clients I'll be over okay. here doing their payroll if anything comes up that I think could affect their taxes or accounting. I'm going to have a conversation, you know, with the CPA that's, that's overseeing that part of it. That's so cool. I'm kind of, I'm, that, that's another area I'm trying to differentiate ourselves in from the, the, the big, like from the DIY payroll. Okay. There's, there's, that's fraught with all kinds of pitfalls. Yeah. And then the, the big payroll service companies just trying to show that, Hey, you, you could be working with like a fellow professional that we right. can talk and we can, we can service your client together rather than, having it farmed out. That's somewhere. cool. So, so anyway, uh, th- those are, those are the, those are the things I'm trying to sort of differentiate. No, that's, that's really good. Okay. So, totally. and that's kind of one of, that was kind of one of my questions going into this. Why would you pick a service that seems to be so commoditized, but you know, you've done that. And so you're trying to turn it around and the things you're saying are very true. I mm-hmm. mean, even in our firm, we say, you know, our clients are doing payroll anywhere, but it's actually one of the most, uh, important and dangerous services to get yeah. wrong. Mm-hmm. And so you're mm-hmm. you're trying to do client education to say, think about a payroll service where a CPA is running it and how they can talk to you. I mean, that, that does give me a lot of warm fuzzies, knowing it's not a data clerk that 
hasn't ever done any kind of accounting or taxes at all. So how are you going to sell it that way, or are you selling it that way? And are is now your target accounting firms? Is is that your niche? I I, I feel like it's moving in that direction um, because I think that's sort of my unique place in the market. Um, cool. I've not run across another payroll service that's run by a CPA. Now, a lot of CPAs are doing payroll yeah, right. internally, um, but there's, I've, I've actually never met another CPA that only does payroll. So now you're talking about a situation with me where I feel like I have a, a unique story. Mm, um, cool. and the fact is a lot of accountants don't want to do, don't want to do payroll. And I, I'm, I'm trying to sort of feel things out and see it, it, would it be appealing for another CPA to say, oh, I, I know my clients need payroll. I don't want to do it. I can either send them the paychecks um, where I don't really know those people, but they have a reputation in the industry. Um, but or can or could I work with a, with a fellow like peer? And that's going to make sure that this part of my client's business is taken care of. That's so cool. I'm, I'm trying to see if that if that's appealing. And I, and I don't know. I've gotten good feedback from CPAs that, that I work with, um, that they seem to enjoy that relationship, but, um, I need to, I need to get that message out more and see if it resonates. Nice. That does well, sound appealing. It does. Very. Well, Tyler, we're, we're about out of time, but, uh, I just wanted to end with, with one last thing. Um, and that is, that, that's this, I, I just want to test my own Spanish skills. Cause I've, I've taken quite a bit of Spanish as well. So oh what I'd like you to do is, is if you would just say just maybe once or twice, I'll just have you say a phrase in Spanish and I'm going to try to translate it Banya. into English. Banya. Okay. So go, go ahead and do, Oh my gosh. It, hit me with, it can be, <laughs> just say whatever comes to mind and, and I'll, and I'll try to translate it into, into English. So <laughs> Oh my gosh! I, I already told you that I, I didn't get the it didn't, I didn't work get the immersion that I was hoping for. I'm so rusty. Right, I'll, just, I'll say we'll just, just one way. How about how about you tell me something to say and, and I'll try to say it. Okay, uh, try to say this. Try to say uh, Greg is a very handsome a young man. <laughs> Greg es un joven uh, muy guapo. Guapo. Very good. And now, and now say, uh, Jason Blumer's armpits. <laughs> that made me super, smell. that made me super uncomfortable to say that, by the way. Did it? It made me feel really good. You made my day. No. <laughs> so, so next one, Jason's armpits sm- smell, smell, uh, like a Frenchman's. <laughs> you can't say that. We don't know armpit in Spanish, right? I have to say armpit is not a, not a word that I, I studied. L L L L. Is that an O at the end? I'm gonna say El Pollo de Brazo. <laughs> okay, that's the chicken. That's that's the chicken arm, <laughs> which is it, I mean, it loosely translated as armpit. Okay, that <laughs> that was that that was a giant uh, uh, fail right there. <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad we ended Spanish up strong, on first. such a strong note here. Yeah, we yeah. ended strong. <laughs> Exactly. Well, we might be able to edit it down to where this doesn't happen. So, uh, <laughs> please. But hey, uh, Tyler, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for telling us about your farm yeah, and all for the cool things me. you're doing, and and all the cool ways that you've really thought about the different uh, the different challenges that you'd have while you're taking your lifestyle firm and taking it uh, overseas 
the different cool ways that you are making a a, a second class niche uh, <laughs> of service into a first class. Uh, it's a first class second yeah. class niche. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're destroying my man, Tyler. Uh, oh my goodness! Thank, thank you, thank you for the, thank you for the kind words, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're welcome. Please please still be my friend and don't block me on Twitter. I know. Uh, so yeah. All right, man. And I thanks, take back the thing I said about you being a handsome young man. Yeah. <laughs> you sure? All right. Okay. Thanks, that that was Tyler Wynn. Thank uh, you, Tyler. Man, good good conversation with him. A lot of stuff. That uh, he's a smart dude, and yeah. he's running stuff well, and it's exciting to hear the opportunities that are available to people who are able to thoughtfully and uh, and and courageously go into the lifestyle firm area because yeah. I think that's a lot of it. Well, people just don't have. It's scary. Yeah. And I didn't know he he's kind of transform transforming a commodity service into yeah. something that is valuable. He explained yeah. it in a way to me that sounds very valuable. Totally. So totally, it's yeah. it's really cool. He's growing into that. And that's the thing we've all got to do because everything we do can become commoditized, and we got to fight against that and differentiate and make it more valuable. Um, we got some people we got to thank. First off, Avalara, thank you a million for sixty awesome episodes, five years of being here for us and supporting this and making this happen. So thank you. Go check out Avalara at avalara.com. Uh, Jason, who else do we need to thank? So uh, Jennifer Blummer, our producer. Thank you You're- for organizing all this. My wonderful wife. Yep. And Aaron Dowd, who is not my wife. Uh, no. my, not my second wife. He no. is the audio engineer, yeah. and he puts all this together and makes us, you know, cuts out the stupid crap that we say. Uh, yeah. So if I think you we did say not, so much, he can't get all of it out. Well, he gets if, you, a lot of if you did not hear some stupid crap today, thank Aaron. Thank Aaron. And also, Aaron's got a cool uh, presence online. If you want to check him out on Twitter and stuff like that, uh, if you're thinking about doing a podcast yourself, he's got a lot of resources out there for how to make sure that you succeed that. So True. go check that out. Uh, if y'all want to interact with me, you can reach me at uh, Greg Kite, G-R-E-G-K-Y-T-E on the Twitter. Uh, and Jason, how do they get a hold of you? Jason M. Blummer on Twitter. And we will we will talk back and say hi. Yep, we will. We love we love you people. We love to uh, to to chat with you and uh, stuff like that. Also, if you're not yet going to, uh, if you haven't yet signed up for the Deeper Weekend, you uh, want to do that. You want to do that. It's going to fill up. There's a cap in terms of the number of people who can come. You want to come. It's going to change your life. I've been to every single one since the first one in 2011, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And they've all been awesome. And this year we got Blair Ends the uh, author of the Win Without Pitching Manifesto, and he's going to blow your mind. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be good. Yeah, so go to thrival.com, and then you'll see a little banner kind of towards the middle of the page for Deeper Weekend. Hit the it's a big orange banner. You can't miss it, people. Can't miss and that. And will give, give you all the deets. All the deets. And we'll see you in Greenville. For D-Dubs 2016. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Thanks so much. Episode 60. We did it. Wow. Uh, we'll see you for 61 next month. Uh, Take care, uh, folks. I'll do. Hi, uh, my name's Rebecca, and I was calling because I've been waiting for my 1099 from my independent contractor work uh, when I was uh, giving some 
massages. Uh, just wanted to know when I could be expecting that 1099. So please call me back. My number is uh, 1425-MASSAGE-ME. That's 1825-MASSAGE-ME. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye-bye. That was stupid. <laughs>